from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn. I'm the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing. And I'm joined remotely via Zoom meeting by my co-host, Professor Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. Hello, Americus. Hello, Barbara. I was uh, checking out um, uh, recently, apparently last night was, I don't know if you watched any of this, but it was the big night for the Oscars. Oh, of course okay. I watched it. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to insult you. <laughs> but so I'm looking at the data, Barbara, uh, viewership down 58%. <laughs> Uh, over last year. So just in kind of an interesting, you know, I'm wondering to what extent pandemic people are not in the award giving mood. We, you know, we, we've been stuck in our living rooms. We don't really want to see rich people uh, giving speeches. And <laughs> Sherry, I, w- well, what are your thoughts there? You know, it's not just rich people like all the other award shows, because I do I'm an award show junkie, who knows why, but um, they've been on Zoom. So it's, it's just like ridiculous watching all these people <laughs> weigh in on zoom on uh-huh. the shows at least last night's was not on zoom they had mm-hmm. real people there except with real gowns and they had a real red carpet so they tried to do it but a lot of the movies um many people hadn't seen yet mm. or it just wasn't the same kind of connection they had a couple stories you know of no, and the biggest story was glenn coast mm. close um what she identified you know i don't know anything about music so you'd have to have watched it to know what music <laughs> show i know Kara, did you see do you know anything about music what do you know what i'm talking about with glenn close i don't know about the glenn close thing specifically but i will say that i i was as a as a partial viewer of the oscars mm. i was also disappointed and ended up leaving early uh i think i think my thing was i'm so used to them showing like you know, video clips of the the movies that are nominated so I can see what mm. they're talking about or like the sound yeah, they clips didn't so I can that. see what they're talking about. Oh, and then that wasn't really as much of a part of it. So no. as someone who hadn't seen the films, I was like, well, I don't even, <laughs> I can't even care who won because I don't know. Um, I forgot to introduce you, Kara. So oh, like, that's good. Now that we're all on Zoom and I can see everybody's faces, I forgot that we're really on radio. So, <laughs> 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 so let me introduce you before you continue speaking. We have with us for our famous hit and miss uh, portion of our radio show, we have the senior editor for Retail Dive, Kara Salpini, and she is an expert on anything retail. Um, uh, and so she's here to discuss with us the news stories of the week, but America's threw her a curveball. Sorry. <laughs> but, but in the meantime, here to give my hot takes on the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> Very good stuff. I, it just made me wonder, though, because so much is changing. And we, we take experiences for granted, right? So when they become constrained, we actually are exposed to like what it is we did and did not like about those experiences. So it's kind of an interesting lesson learned for all of these things that, uh, that become part of our pop culture. Yeah, and it actually has a much bigger um, a bigger impact when you think about what's going to happen to movies. So there's a big new movie that's being released by Lin-Manuel, and it's being re- uh, introduced simultaneously on HBO Max and in the theaters. Mm-hmm. And of course, most of us haven't been to the theaters for the last year and a half. So the question is, have we lost that habit? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, talking about experiences and just what physical experiences are coming back and what aren't, mm-hmm. it is a much bigger story. 
story. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so I sorry for that curveball. I just uh, <laughs> I, I I know that it's big. It's big seasons with the award shows. It's a big deal usually. But to have seen that statistic uh, was was interesting to me. Viewership interest way way down. But I got to say one thing else. You look at the red carpet and I don't I care. I, I, you said you what you went in and out. So you probably didn't see this, but a lot of the gowns were in bright, bright primary colors. Mm. And there's been a lot of prediction about what's going to happen once we can start getting out of our sweat clothes, mm. um, whether or not we're going to go to a peacock or, you know, roaring 20s. Mm-hmm. And if the celebrities are any indication they were glitzy, 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 bright, bright colors. Some nice. people were dressed like Oscar himself in all gold. Wow. It was like really, interesting, really bright and vibrant. And a lot of like there was, I don't remember which, which actor, but one of the actors uh, dressed up in bright pink suit. You oh, know, wow. so interesting. I think they were, it definitely seemed like they were happy to get a chance to wear something fun. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As to the sweatpants point, I don't know about myself. I feel pretty comfortable in my leggings, <laughs> um, but, but we'll That's definitely funny. see. I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. And, and that relates to the movie theater point too, right? Like, Absolutely. I feel like a couple months down the line, we might get a, a few more answers to like how readily people are starting to do these you know older activities again interesting yeah, it's yeah. really going to be interesting so is, is that going to be a thing that the, the rent the sweatpants barbara <laughs> <laughs> like super high-end luxury sweat. sweatpants <laughs> yeah, even in the super high-end I've, I've been paying more and more and more for my sweatpants because i me like too. them so much me too <laughs> but i can't imagine getting out of them ever yeah. but maybe one day i'll just put in get one of those dresses out of my closet there's a famous new yorker cartoon that's going viral where someone put a chair in front of her closet and went yes nice to see you guys <laughs> yes yes it's been a while <laughs> <laughs> that's funny anyway let's start with our hit and miss americas you want to start with uh yeah absolutely let me jump in here because uh, i tweeted about this and uh i i did a short little interview with npr about this this is hot news uh, we all know that the behemoth Nike is a is a celebrity endorsement powerhouse, right? So, you know, it, there used to be a time where for athletes that were professional athletes, you knew you made it when you were able to ink a deal with with Nike to be able to put the swoosh on officially uh, and have a business relationship with 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 this venerable company. Uh, and so, the news that came out recently was, of course, the the gymnast uh, Simone Biles who is arguably uh, the greatest gymnast, not male or female, but like the greatest gymnast of all time, uh, literally able to do things that other people cannot do in terms of her skills uh, as a gymnast, uh, has ended her contract with Nike and has instead chosen to sign with Athleta, which is, I I suppose, a a sub-brand of the Gap uh, company. And it's gotten a lot of uh, airplay because a couple of things. Number one, uh, the, the whole question of uh, endorsements is, is an interesting issue, right? When you pay someone, essentially, you build a contract to, to have them represent your brand. Uh, and the difference between that and, quote, influencers, right? So there's a kind of interesting conversation there, paid celebrity endorsements versus influencers uh, and the question of authenticity. But I think the big undercurrent of the story has to do with Nike's missteps uh, in recent history of not really being sensitive enough to the female athlete persona and its complexity, right? So running into some trouble uh, with Allison Felix, who was uh, an athlete 
who basically was one of the first to bring to the forefront perhaps some challenges with Nike being able to represent the female point of view uh, appropriately uh, and a cascade of other professional female athletes coming on and saying something similar to the lack of support, for example, uh, when female athletes become pregnant and other kinds of issues associated with, with sports culture that men obviously don't have to deal with. But I think it was interesting, Barbara and Kara, this notion of Simone's explicitly saying that the reason why I'm coming to Athleta is because there's this activism piece and they, they, Athleta, really represent my ability to show my values and my values are actually much more in alignment with Athleta's and my ability to make change through the Athleta brand than through the Nike brand. So I found that to be quite interesting uh, because I know that, you know, the argument can't be, well, Nike isn't an activism type of a company because clearly with Colin Kaepernick, they are willing to, to step outside and take risks where social justice issues are concerned. So it's interesting this now, this undercurrent of probably Simone taking less money, and I don't have numbers here because the contract value is not disclosed to my knowledge, but probably taking less money to have a bigger voice with a lesser brand to potentially have more impact. And I think there's a lot of stuff to unpack there, just in terms of athletes and their platforms. Should they be role models? What's the role of brands? Should we take any of this seriously? Or should we just look at it as paid paid advertising? And if LeBron wants to switch from Coke to Pepsi, no big deal. What are the issues? What are you all's thoughts on this? Yeah, so let me reintroduce our guest here. I'm Barbara Kahn, and along with my co-host, America's Reed, we're speaking on This Marketing Matters. But we are joined by Cara Salpini, who's a senior editor for Retail Dive. And America's just teed up one of the biggest stories of the week. And I know Kara actually wrote about it as well. So Kara, what do you think about all the issues that America is trying to unpack here? I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of them. It would probably take a while if we went through each of them. Um, but I think, I mean, one of the biggest takeaways for me immediately was um, the idea that you brought up, Americus, of like, you know, um, Nike has clearly had some issues with women. And it says a lot to me for Athleta that they've managed to get Simone Biles to sign on with them, that they've managed to get Allison Felix to sign on with them. I think it's a definite win for them. For Nike, it's a little bit of, um, it's a little bit uncertain to me because I think their problem is they have so many uh, amazing superstar athletes on their roster that maybe the issue was Simone Biles wasn't really the top of their List. Yeah, probably you know, they Serena, have Serena Williams. Serena Williams, right. <laughs> they have wow. all these other athletes that like um they that they can really do something with and and run mm-hmm. campaigns around that um Simone Biles might just feel like she's getting a little more worth out of a relationship with Athleta, which is one of you know two focuses right now. Interesting. And Athleta's taken a, a real diversity point of view. They've been showing a lot of different shape models in their clothing. They've mm. been emphasizing lots of the different sizes that they have. Um, and so Athleta really has prioritized this diversity issue, mm-hmm. which I think is close to Simone's heart. In terms and they've, of- also, they've also been very adamant about being a female-focused brand in specific. Mm. Like oh, I, I wrote a I piece um, yeah. a few years ago where you know Gap launched Hill City, which was a men's athleisure brand. Um, and they, I kind of talked to someone from Athleta about, you know, why wouldn't you tie that to the Athleta brand? Cause Athleta is, you know, already pretty popular 
Taylor. And she was, um, she was very adamant about like, we want Athleta to be a brand for women, like women only, like we focus on women. And mm-hmm, that is our mm-hmm. audience. And that's, a um, and that's a big difference. That's a big differentiator because that's a very competitive field. But I don't think there's an I mean, even Lulu is big in men's now. Their growth area is yes. now men's. They started out women's, but their growth area is men's. Nike's always been a men's brand first. And yeah. now certainly cares about women. I'm not saying they don't. But yeah, it, it is. It's interesting. I see a little bit of a parallel when I was um, uh, sort of investigating uh, Steph Curry, who is a um, a player for the Golden State Warriors who uh, chose to go with Under Armour over Nike because he wanted to bring more of his religious beliefs into the relationship with the shoes. And Nike was like, we don't go, you know, just like the Satan shoes. We don't we don't go near God or (laughs) Satan or any of that stuff. But they will touch these social justice issues, which I think is important. Absolutely. Uh, but I think that's a very interesting point. It's like the big win is for Simone because she can really control her creative content, have a bigger impact, and just and just really have a, a well-targeted message that's going to go directly to the people who she wants to be role models to just by associating with the Athleta brand. Yeah, and I think Kara's point of, you know, being a big fish in a small pond gives your voice more resonance, you Mm -hmm. know, so like that really makes sense. Let me tell you my um, hit and miss, uh, hit or miss, which is our new way of playing this game and see what you think about it. So Amazon, it it wasn't announced last week. They've been doing this for a while, but they put it in in a Whole Foods last week. Mm -hmm. Um, And what they did is it's the first time they're bringing palm reading biometric identification system to a Whole Foods store in Mm -hmm. Seattle, which Mm -hmm. means that you can walk into the store. In the past, you would like swipe your phone and and attach to your to your app. So it's not that that kind of technology isn't is, hasn't been done before. But the idea, it's like what was that that famous movie that Tom was it Tom Cruise movie Minority Report Minority <laughs> Report. You yeah. can literally walk into a store, put your hand down on this sensor. And you will go in and pay for things and the data will be attached to your hand. To me, that takes it to another level of what we're doing. So do you have any thoughts about that, Kara? I don't know that you wrote about that particularly, but you might have some thoughts on it. We've, yeah, we, I mean, we've seen it. And, uh, and I think one of our sister publications covered the news specifically. Um, but I mean, I think it's I think it's really interesting because it obviously poses a bunch of privacy issues uh, around it. I think ultimately, you know, my thoughts are it kind of depends on like how well is this actually going to work in terms of like consumers adopting it. Um, Because I think, I think in the era that we're in, consumers are willing to do a lot of things if it's going to be like genuinely more convenient for their lives. Um, But there is, you know, there's something to the thought that you just brought up of, of Minority Report, which has kind of a very dystopian scene where he's like, walking through a, a shopping mall or something and and they're reading his retinas and advertising things to him on either sides and there's mm-hmm. like something kind of mm-hmm. uh creepy about that so i i don't know how far it's gonna go but um there's potential there's potential good and potential bad in it and you know to, to that point like they've been able to do for a while facial recognition if mm-hmm. you fly into some asian countries you don't have to show your boarding pass because they'll read your face so that's totally mm-hmm. a minority report totally uh, totally i mean my, my convenient yeah Americus. no i was just gonna say my, my phone is iris uh recognition detection that's how i get into it 
So there's two ways I can get into it. Either I can, it can recognize my, my eyes or, it, or I can do the fingerprint thing. All these phones are doing that. Here's the question, though, which I think is interesting, right? Because Alexa's listening. All right. So she knows what's going on. Uh, he's also watching what you're doing on Amazon Prime, Barbara. So all that's being collected just outright. That's a given. Uh, so I, I wonder at what point, like, here's, let me pose a question to the two of you. What would it, re- what would it require for you to say, you know what, I'm going to stop using Amazon? What, what, what's the situation or, 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 or event that would stop you from, from that you would say, okay, this is too far or, or this is something I'm not comfortable with. Well, you got to have an alternative, right? Right now, if you want something and you need it, Amazon's the easiest way to get it. But there's a lot of formidable competition that's coming up. And some of these people will respect, they'll differentiate themselves by being more customer focused. If in fact, there's a segment that is adverse to this kind of privacy invasion. Mm -hmm. But my guess is what's more likely to happen is more and more firms are going to do it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, at the end of the day, privacy is one thing, and I understand how important that is, but convenience is another. Can you imagine? Yeah, Yeah, it's huge. (laughs) Well, it it would be. That's right. To put your hand up, go and take whatever you want and leave. I mean, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I love that point too, Barbara. And I want to get your perspective on this as well, Kara, because I think that, you know, I, I just I, I retrospectively look back. There's two things going on here. One is if we can dream it up in a science fiction movie, whether it be hoverboards uh, from Back to the Future or this kind of technology from Minority Report, it's going to happen. So that's number one. But number two, I always look back retrospectively, Barbara, and I try to remember what was it like the first time I bought something on the phone? That, the first time I actually pressed the button with my credit card information, I gave my information. And I was like, wow, that, that I, I almost don't remember. Now it's something where it's just like, I just yeah. do it so easily. It's just, I don't even think about it. And at some point, you're right. We'll, we'll be scanning the, the palms. We'll have the chips in, in our bodies. The fitness devices, we won't be wearing them. They'll be inside of our bodies. All of this stuff is just an eventuality, it seems like. No, yeah. And I think like, um, I don't know, the thing that's, the thing that is kind of has me at a crossroads about it is there's, there's a part of me that thinks like there's nothing more secure than it being a part of your body, right? Mm -hmm. Like if it's a very unique, you know, palm print, eye scan, that kind of thing, like arguably you, you can't. (laughs) hack that no, no um, identity so, theft yeah so there's part of it that's like that hmm, that could actually open up um some possibilities but then there's always the fear that like you know once once it does become widespread and people just start to your point in america's you know doing something and thinking like this is what i've always done and and getting used to it um what kind of threats kind of emerge from that um mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. i don't i don't know if we know yet but and by and somebody just has to slow Jeff Bezos down for Christ's sake. I mean, let's just <laughs> well, be honest. I mean, as CEO, I, he's so re- oh, he's finally him. retiring. Okay, okay. But he's so, going to be chairman. But he's, he's, be, he's retiring. Soon, yeah, like this the, the stuff that he does is just. I mean, these visionaries like him and Musk and these others, people are, people get upset because they they're very successful. But it's like, man, they just they, it just seems like they're two, three, four steps ahead of everything uh yeah, before the, the rest of us already. yeah it's, it's totally it's totally <laughs> entertaining but try, trying to think about that though I, as i think about that Kara and barbara i would totally do that i would totally like scan my palm and i don't think i would i wouldn't be worried about it whatsoever i don't think i what think you? like your i think you would all over everything <laughs> <laughs> i feel like people aren't going to be worried about it until something bad yeah. happens right <laughs> Right. That's the reality of it. But I do think the security of maybe not having your identity, and if you can, you know, if you have a unique fingerprint, it is the p- 
positive side beside for the just the convenience. So we've been talking about, we've got Kara Selpini here who's the senior editor for Retail Dive and she's really an expert on all things retail. She writes about it every single day. And so we talked about one of the big areas now, this privacy area. But another thing that she wrote a recent um, report uh, article on is a lot about sustainability issues and what some of the brands are doing. And so Allbirds, uh, which is our, fav our favorite brand because it's a Wharton brand, oh. Reformation, they joined the largest class of climate neutral certified companies recently. And I know you just covered that in a story. Can you give us a little bit of the background on that and what you know is going on in sustainability? Because I think that's another really big trend in retailing and in branding. Yeah, well one, of, well, one of the things that was so interesting about that article for me, um, so that was focused kind of around climate neutral as a company, which is which certifies brands as being, you know, climate neutral. So basically, they ensure that, you know, every year a brand is offsetting their carbon emissions, and that makes them climate neutral certified. Um, and what's interesting to me about it is that there are these companies like climate neutral and like, you know, the B Corporation that are certifying brands at a certain level. Mm. And it really, I think, changes um, how consumers see those brands. Like, like consumers have started to recognize what a B Corp is. And like, right. they can look at Athleta and say like, oh, that's a B Corp. Like that means something to mm. me because I know that there's a third party who's, you know, checking X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, that, that, was some of, that was something that was really interesting to me about that piece too is um, the the CEO of Climate Neutral said this, but he was like, you know, it's it's really hard for consumers to have to figure out what uh, different sustainability claims mean. Like mm -hmm. brands will say a thousand different things about like their sustainable collection that they're releasing, or like we're going to be, you know carbon neutral by X year or whatever it is, it's really hard for consumers to look at those things side by side and understand what it means and who's really doing the work. Mm -hmm. So the idea of these like certifications is to kind of Makes take sense. the work out of it for consumers, mm. right? And be like, mm -hmm. we've certified this set of things. Um, which, so I think it's a really cool idea. Mm -hmm. You it's know, really it's interesting that you say that you're acting like, and this is to America's expertise, but it, like it's a branding play in some sense, you know, to get like the good housekeeping seal of mm -hmm. approval, mm -hmm. but now getting this climate neutral. And to that effect, I think it's super smart to get Allbirds there because Allbirds mm, right. brand is right. a brand that is talking about selling things that make the earth a better place. They, it, they don't want to be known necessarily as a shoe company. They're much more, their brand is much more about these kinds of initiatives and, and carbon neutral and all of those other stuff. So mm -hmm. if, if you're trying to build the brand climate neutral as a, a, a standard that you can use, Allbirds is a good brand to get on board. Uh, did, do you agree with that point? No, 100%. It's kind of like a, a virtuous cycle both ways almost, where like mm. for Allbirds, it's good for its brand to be seen as like we have these certifications. But also to your point, like who does, <laughs> who's signing up for the certifications? Mm. If Climate Neutral has, you know, a, a couple of really big players in the sustainability space, like that means a lot more than, you know, mm. some kind of. Let me, let, me add, let, let me just jump in and, and add to this. I want to get perspective on this because Barbara and I talk about this a lot with respect to taking stands on issues and, and climate change is controversial, at least in some people's minds. So some people don't believe it exists. Uh, so to lean in on that as part of your positioning, in addition to the fact that it's a complicated set of, of, of information that you have to understand to really know what all these different certifications actually mean. 
that what, what if, how do you respond to the argument? Like, just don't bother with it for two reasons. Number one is it's too hard to explain to consumers so that they can understand it. Number two is I'm not sure they even make decisions based on this if they do. And then number three is if I go in heavy on a particular uh, ideology like climate control, I may be alienating a bunch of people who either don't care about it or who believe that it's somehow some fake thing that's made up behind some political ideology. So argue against that. Argue against. So argue against putting it out there as part of your brand and and, and the strategy of just saying we're just going to do it because we know it's good for the environment, but we're not going to really try to pull it. We're not going to try to get credit for it in our brand because of these other challenges. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think one of the issues with people who, who aren't going to engage with climate change or sustainability is you have like a, you know, a significant number of young consumers that have been known to feel much more strongly about this. So like one of the issues for brands to tackle is, is that you're, you're going to be losing out with them if you're not emphasizing Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. But like, to, to your point, I don't think that all consumers are aware of, you know, yeah, what it means to be climate neutral certified or what it means to be a B Corp. Um, I saw actually a pretty interesting, I had an interesting conversation with um, the founder of Coco Kind, which is a, a beauty company. And, you know, she brought up that how they're trying to kind of tackle it is they're adding sustainability facts to their packaging and oh, they're simultaneously smart. running like an education campaign yep. because really they know that their consumers that aren't going to know what it means to have like, you know, X amount of carbon emissions on this product. Um, so I think it's probably it's probably a mix of, you know, doing these initiatives, but also releasing education campaigns and making sure that people start to understand what mm. the different stuff means. It's definitely a journey because... Yeah. You know, then you have brands who are releasing things just to be buzzy and make sure that their voice That's is right. heard in, in Earth Day. <laughs> but yes. like, yes. there's there's some progress being made in terms of brands really taking it upon themselves to also explain, like, here's yeah. what you're looking at. And if you're a thought leader in that space, that gives you additional credibility, right, Barbara? Because you'll own it. You'll really own it because you'll be part of that whole educational Absolutely. initiative Absolutely. as well. You're, and that's what I do think Allbirds is trying to do. You know, you've written a lot of interesting stories. I'd love to do more conversation, but we're out of time, Kara. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank and where can our listeners me. go to keep up with you and your research and your articles? Uh, retaildive.com is the place to go. That's our website. We also have um, a weekly newsletter and uh, some, or a daily newsletter and some weeklies. So you can say, sign up on the daily. website too. <laughs> Excellent. You got caught read up. Read it every day. How come I'm so special? But everybody <laughs> read it. We just send it out to you, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about marketing at Impossible Foods, which is the plant based meat giant. This is Marketing Matters Business Radio, Sirius XM 132.